0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to LifePoint Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We closed last week's broadcast talking about how some people never trade places because they don't make it a priority. Now let's look at the fact that some couples never trade places because they aren't willing to change. In mid-December 1970, psychologists John Darley and C. Daniel Batson conducted an experiment at Princeton that has been replicated in hundreds of social psychology classes at universities since then. The study was inspired by the parable of the Good Samaritan. I'm sure you know the story well. Thieves beat and rob a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, leaving him naked and half dead by the side of the road. A priest passes by and crosses the road rather than help the wounded traveler, and a Levite, a religious leader, does the same. Then a Samaritan, who in those days was a religious outcast, comes upon the scene, applies balm and bandages to the victim's wounds, loads him on a donkey, brings him to an inn, nurses him through the night, and the following morning leaves money with the innkeeper for the traveler's continued care. Darley and Batson decided to create a contemporary scenario with seminary students. A group of students at Princeton Theological Seminary was told that they were to go across campus to deliver a sermon on the topic of the Good Samaritan. As part of the research, some of these students were told they were late and needed to hurry up. Along their route across campus, Darley and Batson had hired an actor to play the role of a victim who was coughing and suffering a person in obvious need of help. Ninety percent of the late seminary students ignored the needs of the suffering person in their haste to get across campus. As the study reports, Indeed, on several occasions, a seminary student going to give his talk on the parable of the Good Samaritan literally stepped over the victim as he hurried away. Think about that for a minute. These students were about to deliver a message on helping hurting people and they didn't practice their own message just minutes before they were to preach it. The sad truth is that the same thing can happen with couples who intend to practice mutual empathy and understanding. You can understand how to empathize, even read a book on it. You can be highly motivated to empathize. And you can even talk about making mutual empathy and understanding a priority in your marriage. But if you aren't willing to change, you'll never put empathy and mutual understanding into practice. Why? Because empathy and mutual understanding require change. You see, once you empathize with your spouse and understand them, you become a different person. Maybe slightly, maybe significantly. But assured, you have changed. You don't look at your spouse the same way again. Every act of accurate empathy is like a little carving from a sculptor's chisel, causing you to have a slightly new perspective. It can't be helped. When you imagine, with both your head and your heart, what life must be like in your spouse's skin, you change. Empathy shapes you. It fashions a heart that is more closely aligned with your spouse's. As we've done this study, we've looked at the two sides of trading places, your head and your heart. We have seen how understanding your own emotional terrain is the prerequisite for empathy and mutual understanding we looked at the Parrots' three-step plan for putting empathy and mutual understanding into practice. No matter what your empathetic ability is right now, it's going to get better. Why? Because according to the Parrots, empathy improves with time. It's honed by each year of your marriage. In August of 2006, Newsweek magazine profiled the lives of Ruth and Billy Graham, not their historic crusades and international impact, but their life is an elderly couple approaching their final chapters on earth. At night, we have time together, Billy said. We pray together and read the Bible together every night. It's a wonderful period of life for both of us. We've never had a love like we do now. We feel each other's hearts. That's what happens with mutual empathy and mutual understanding. You feel each other's hearts. Love deepens. It even leaves its mark on your face. The parents say that couples who practice trading places come to resemble each other. It's the result of sculpting your muscles as they evoke the same motions over the years. As the two of you smile or frown in unison, for example, you strengthen the parallel sets of muscles, gradually molding similar ridges and wrinkles, making your faces appear more alike. Not only that but studies reveal that these couples who have greater facial similarities are also happier in their marriages. As we said in an earlier program, it's known as the Michelangelo phenomenon. It turns out that mutual empathy and understanding helps us sculpt not only each other's faces, but the shape of our marriage as well. Of course, this assessment assumes your willingness to move into your partner's heart. And if you do it will be the best move you'll ever make in your marriage. So how do you trade places when your spouse doesn't want to? Let's be honest. Not every spouse is equally motivated to work on their marriage. Not every spouse is motivated to read another marriage book. And not every spouse is willing to even try something new about mutual empathy and understanding. So what can you do when your spouse shows no interest in being proactively empathetic with you? you're likely to think, what's the use? The parrots say that they have counseled enough couples to know that if you have an unmotivated spouse, you may even be wondering whether or not you married the right person. Of course, you already know that's a dangerous question. As Gary Thomas says in his book Sacred Marriage, if we are serious about pursuing spiritual growth through marriage, we must convince ourselves to refrain from asking the spiritually dangerous question Did I marry the right person? So be careful if this question is seeping into your mind, and be encouraged. The parrots say that the benefits of your single-sided efforts are immense. Why? Because empathy and mutual understanding are contagious. It won't be overnight, but most assuredly, over time, your spouse will notice a significant change in you as you practice trading places with him or her. And with that observation comes a curiosity. What's going on here, your spouse is apt to wonder? And that leads to a new perspective that eventually leads to new behaviors. The parrots often liken this process to a mobile that hangs from the ceiling. It may be at rest, balanced comfortably, until just one piece of it is moved even slightly. Then the whole thing swings back and forth until it finds equilibrium. In other words, Because one piece of the mobile is moved, the rest of it has to eventually move with it until it finds a new balance. The same is true in marriage. Sometimes it takes just one spouse to make a change, and that change eventually leads to a change in the whole marriage. Empathy and understanding work wonders when they are a two-way street. But if your partner's not there with you, don't lose heart. You may feel discouraged by his or her lack of motivation, but you'll almost certainly discover in time that your empathy has rubbed off. You will find that your empathy begets empathy from your spouse. All that's needed in most cases is patience, and a refocus from wondering whether you married the right person to a focus on being the right person. The late Bernard Gurney said, More than any other single deficiency, I think it is the lack of mutual empathy which results in sword drawing in marriage. I would add that it's also the lack of mutual empathy and mutual understanding. Now I want to turn your attention to a small book that I read a couple of months ago. It brings a little different perspective to the marriage relationship. It's written by Marcus Warner and Chris Kersey. The title is The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. We're going to spend the next few broadcasts looking at what they have to say. I trust that what we are doing is challenging you to take a new and fresh look at your marriage relationship. As I've said before, authors and specialists, no matter what field they are in, tend to stay in their own silo. For Warner and Kersey, their silo is joy. Joy is at the center of their approach, so keep that in mind as we begin our journey. You may have heard it said that love is a choice. I've said that as well. Warner and Kersey say that, strictly speaking, this is not true. They say that love is attachment. It is a bond you share through good times and bad. You can choose to do loving things. You can choose to do kind things. According to them, you cannot choose to feel love. However, the more joy you build into your marriage, the more that feeling of being in love will stay strong and grow. They say that falling in love is all about joy. When you fall in love with someone, you experience a joy explosion in your brain that floods your body with hormones, like dopamine and oxytocin, that make it hard not to smile. Couples who stay in love throughout their married lives are couples who excel at the art of keeping their joy levels high. The opposite is also true. Low joy couples are in trouble. Falling out of love is all about the absence of joy. A joy gap is the length of time between moments of shared joy. But when too much time passes between moments of shared joy, a joy gap is created that makes you feel distant and alone in your marriage. The wider the joy gap becomes, the more likely it is for your problems to overwhelm you. Couples who let the joy gap too wide struggle tremendously and start to feel hopeless about their marriage. Not only does the gap rob you of intimacy, but the gap begins filling with resentment. Bad habits can begin to form that keep you apart instead of bringing you together. You start to feel like you are falling out of love. People rarely just wake up one morning to the thought, I'm not in love anymore. It happens gradually as the gap between moments of shared joy grows wider and wider with too much pain, too much resentment, and too many bad habits in between. Well, our time is gone for today. We'll pick up here next week. But before we close today's program, I want to tell you about a new thing I'm doing called Mum Live. Each Monday morning at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page, I'm going live with some teaching about areas of your relationship where mutual understanding is critical. I would love to have you join me. Again, Mondays at 10 a.m. on my Facebook page, Mutual Understanding Method. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. If you know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.